Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched San Andreas, directed by Brad Payton and released in 2015. The plot of San Andreas goes something like this. LA fire and rescue chopper pilot Ray tries to rescue his ex-wife and daughter when a series of record-breaking earthquakes hit the San Andreas fault. Yep, that's that's pretty much exactly what happens in this movie. There's not a single surprise in this entire movie. Not one. Nothing in this movie is surprising at all. Except for maybe the opening. That kind of took me by surprise. The, the big very disturbing car crash that happens. But everything else was like completely by the numbers, major disaster movie. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so. the, I thought the opening co- crash was actually one of the best set pieces. Like, cause it was actually something a bit different. I haven't, I, I haven't seen the whole get, try and get a chopper into a tiny crevasse kind of thing before. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, the and also, looks really Colton Haynes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Colton Haynes, yeah. <laughs> I does. didn't know he was in this movie, so I got really excited when I saw him. <laughs> you really need to follow Colton Haynes and The Rock on Twitter. They're the best. Yeah, I don't really tweet or Instagram much. Um, anyway. I just occasionally check whether people have been looking at our Twitter, so that's about all I do. Uh, yeah, so I follow both of them on Twitter, so I've known about this movie for some time, and both of them, and they, they've been posting cute selfies together and turning up at premieres, hugging each other. They're adorable because The Rock is the best. Regular listeners of this podcast will know how we feel about The Rock. We <laughs> think that The Rock is brilliant. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when we watched Mad Max Fury Road, I was tweeting afterwards because I kept thinking of like film studies thesis topics based on that movie. Yeah. And while I was watching this, I've come up with another one. There's got to be a film studies thesis topic in these kind of middle-brow disaster movies with The Rock in them, something about American exceptionalism. and like Because the essential thrust of this movie is that it's okay to use public resources to rescue your own family <laughs> when there's a massive disaster and you really, as a trained helicopter pilot, you should be trying to rescue as many people as you can. And I think there's some kind of interesting thesis in there around American exceptionalism and like individualism and and the importance of the family and the rock as like middle America. And I think that would make a really interesting thesis topic. Yeah, I mean, I I also sort of think that you you don't ever expect in these circumstances anybody to not try and save their family. I know. Um, But it it does always happen. It is quite extreme though. Like he's out in a helicopter and he does – at first, he does exactly what you would expect him to do. He hears that his wife is in a building and he's rescuing in downtown LA and he does his job and tries to rescue her and other people. Although he only ends up rescuing her. But then they get in the helicopter and they head to San Francisco. Firstly, I don't think a helicopter can make it that far. Although I'm willing to have people who are into aviation write in and tell us about that. But they just take off as though that's the most important thing anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what you're gonna. Uh, that's the plot of this, like mm. these movies. You can't do anything else. That's what yeah. you have to do. The lone, the lone cop goes out and saves his family. Yeah, and his family are always the ones who are like the only ones in certain situations. Like they make it so that his daughter Blake, played by Alexandra Daddario, and the boys who are with her have to go back and go in the opposite direction to everybody else, mm. which only ends up hurting them anyway. So it actually didn't end up being that bright an idea, but whatever. Yeah, and and I mean she does save him a couple of other times, but still it's pretty it's pretty great. Mm. I don't know, I just don't care. <laughs> no, I mean I don't really care. It just I think there's an there's like a whole heap of interesting topics in in disaster movies and like what it actually means, but I but honestly, it's just really good fun to sit and watch the rock flex for a couple of hours because um, yeah. it's got a few other people in it. Um there's a guy called Hugo 
I think it's Johnston Burt. Yep. Um, ben. He's an Australian actor who um, is from. I knew Fisher's, that accent wasn't quite right. It, he's from Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Oh right. Um, which is, of course, is set in like the 1910s, 1920s Australia, and he is using exactly the same accent in this movie as he uses on that show, which is like <laughs> turn of the century Australian, so it's still kind of British. Mm. So he's using that exact accent <laughs> with absolutely no kind of further uh, further attempts to make it British. Um, <laughs> opposite a kid who I um, called Art Art Parkinson, mm. who I thought did quite well. Um, yeah, he, was he wasn't terrific, cute. but he was he was cute and he acted scared and and you know he did some really good screaming at one point. But plus he was a he was kind of a cute character. Mm. The kid he didn't quite cross that line into precocious, which that yeah that character could have easily been. Yes, Hugo Johnston Burt seems to be another one of these Australian actors who went to a fancy school. Yeah, and we know it's an English thing. It seems to be an Australian thing too. Rebel Wilson went to Tara. This kid went to Barker. Anyway, all kind of posh schools. Anyway, that's I'm getting off track again. Um, um, yeah. So, um, the, I mean, they're both. I, I liked them, and they kind of. There's no kind of thing where like it's all about the guy Ben saving Blake, which it's, was kind of refreshing. Ben saves. I mean, Blake saves Ben a lot more. Like that. They save her in the first. So she's trapped. Yeah, in the car, they, trap, they get her out and of the car. Her mum's boyfriend of course who i was like oh he seems all right they're not gonna make him a jerk and then as soon as the thing happens he's a jerk at first i was like but at first i actually kind of felt sorry for him because you're like the the situation he's in is genuinely terrifying Mm. and he's already been hurt once when he was down in the um basement right he gets hit by something Mm -hmm. so he and and there's this whole thing about you can't leave somebody who's in a dangerous situation. Mm. But a lot of the time, the best thing to do is leave that person there and go get help when you can't get help any other way. It is the best thing to do because if you stay down there with them, the only thing that's going to happen is, you, is you're going to die. Uh, both of you are going to die. Um, Except, I mean, you know, th- of course, there's this miracle way of somebody else. I know there's a jack and the jack is like something you would have in the boot but it's just this kind of it still felt really convenient to me that like mm. that, that nobody else would have thought of it but he does because he's the plucky hero guy kind of annoying well me. he's he's an, an, an engineer he's interviewing for a job oh anything in engineering <laughs> that's right like, um, that's so, not how job interviews work <laughs> yeah he's an engineer so i guess there was that aspect to it but yeah like him leaving her is not the worst like it sort of seems okay yeah it's when he leaves the building and yeah but then also i thought maybe he was just li- literally in shock because he was mm. acting like he was in shock yeah right so i thought maybe at some point they may may not but then like as soon as he does that he turns into 100 percent villain mode yeah. and i was like it would have been more interesting to me if like he'd realized when he got out onto the street that he had left her there yeah like something like that would have been more interesting instead of him just going like totally evil yeah, like he, literally pulling people away from buildings and getting them killed so that he can save himself kind of mode yeah yes it's it, it's it is convenient it's like they just needed somebody to do that role but they to yeah, get but, the rock and Kajina back together but even if i mean he they still could have gotten back together based on the fact that he left her at anyway right like even if he was in shock yeah. That would still be okay. We would mm. still understand her point of view, but then he wouldn't be just like mm. total cartoon villain all of a sudden. No. Because I mean, he wasn't painted, painted as total cartoon villain up until that point. Mm. And it was just a weird turn of events for me. I thought it would have been more interesting if like he had been in shock, he walked out and then he realized and he was like, oh, I have to go back and try and help her, but gets, you know, carried up in the crowd and then 
tries mm-hmm. to fight his own way out and stuff. Yeah. And you still wouldn't have had to change almost anything else about <laughs> his storyline. No. Because then we see him walking around two more times to show the effects of the earthquake, and then he just dies by having a shipping container fall on him. <laughs> like, it wouldn't have changed anything else. No. It just would have made it slightly less, you know, two-dimensional. Yeah. I did really, really enjoy Carlo Gugino in this movie, though. Wasn't she great? She was like, she walked a really good balance between not being the screaming victim, yeah. but also still being scared. Well, yeah, because she did that sort of everyman thing, like, for the audience, but at the same time, she kind of does some badass stuff with the driving the boat at the end, and she's never... Um, but also, even when the building falls down around her, mm. she's like, oh, okay, I have to pick myself up and keep going. And then when she is stuck and she's on trying to get other people the, out as well. Yeah, she tries to get other people out, and nobody listens to her, obviously. Yeah. But also, when she's stuck on top of the building, and then when the building's collapsing around her, and everything's catching on fire, she doesn't panic. She looks around for the place where she can get out, mm. and then she tells her husband where to go to get her. So it's like... yeah. They're kind of working together to get her out of it. Mm. So she's not just kind of being helpless and screaming no. and saved, which was really nice. Both of the women, I think, I, I, it's still, you know, the girls have to get saved by virtue of being The Rock's wife and child. Yeah. But, but it, also, it could be a lot worse. Well, yeah, and by virtue of being The Rock's wife and child, they've picked up some rock skills, especially yeah. the daughter who's got all these cool like survival skills that help the boys that she's with. And her, Yeah, so they do a lot of that stuff and it's really neat. Um, I mean, that was just really fun. I didn't really, apart from that, you know, and Griffith kind of heel face turn, I didn't really hate no. very much about it. Like, it was just kind of really enjoyable. It was silly and you get a good laugh out of it. You never, like, you can't, it's sort of that classic uh, working through disaster kind of stuff in a really safe environment thing because you, you always know that everything's going to be fine and the rock's going to save everybody. I did it- wonder for a moment if they were going to kill the daughter. Mm. Just for a moment, I was like, because it took so long to get her back, yeah, like, to the point where she would definitely have brain damage. But whatever. Yeah, they were doing. Oh, they were doing CPR, and my first aid is out of date. But you first thing you do when somebody is pull somebody out of the water is roll them on their side and get the to clear the airway yeah, and try and clear and the airway. That's yeah. what they're trying to do, and she's on her back, and that's not going to work. That's not like, dramatic. Physics isn't going to work like that. That's not dramatic. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she would have probably had brain damage and like multiple broken ribs. Yeah, the broken ribs. You would have. They could have at least acknowledged that. Yeah, they but never anyway. do though. They, no, that's just the only person things. that gets hurt is uh is um Ben, the boy, the British guy who yeah. gets some glass in his leg, and she like pulls it out. Mm-hmm. This is gonna hurt. Pulls it out, wraps a, bl- a bandage around it. Okay, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to hit that scene. And yeah, no, there's never any sort of. He's a little bit hurt later on, but there's never any like dangerous consequences. There's no infection or yeah. anything else like you might. There see. is a really sweet kind of dynamic between him and his brother, though, mm. that they don't like overplay. It's not like a lot of, you know, oh, my God, the boy is in trouble and we must save him, that, like, Mm. big moment that happens. And that's the thing about a lot of this movie, actually, which I quite appreciated, is that almost none of it is, like, one big set-piece moment of somebody being in danger or something. There's a couple, like, the first time he saves his wife. But most of them are, like, a bunch of little things that are all happening all the time. And there's no, like, it doesn't kind of build up to this huge thing happening very often in the earthquakes. It's like, oh, the earthquake is suddenly hitting and everybody is trying to do stuff. So that's a, it's kind of a more realistic look at first responders and, like, emergency services in that sense then. Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of what they do is not huge big drama. It's a lot of little dramas. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not realistic, but I feel like it's the more realistic version <laughs> of stuff like Day After Tomorrow mm. or um, what's the other one? The um, 2012 yep. and stuff like that where it's this really kind of really ridiculous 
thing where you're like, that's just stupid. That's not going mm. to happen. But the earthquake stuff is very believable. Mm. And the way that the things are happening is quite believable. It's just not believable that these people survive all of it. No. <laughs> but like, that's, that's the con- uh, conceit of any of these movies. Unless right. you do one of the true ensemble pieces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you don't have like the one hero. That's the other way you could go, like yeah. Towering Inferno or whatever. But those tend to be like the contained disaster movies. Yeah. Because everybody has to work together because they're all in one place. Whereas this one is more like because they're so far apart, he has to get everybody back together. Yeah. So and it's you know it's the kind of thing that appeals to the Rock. He, like it's a vehicle for him. It's not. Yeah. He. I, I mean, he does ensemble stuff. He just in this case, this is definitely a Rock vehicle. Yeah. For being the big hero. Yeah. And and you know he does pretty well. He he's he's very convincing as a family man. Mm. You, you can you can buy that he really cares well, about his family and he, stuff. Well, yeah, I don't I don't think that it's too hard. Like I think he is really divorced with a teenage daughter. I don't think it's a big stretch for him. Uh, but he he sells all the big emotional moments. Like there's a bit where they're in they're about to take off in the plane and they're talking about their daughter who has died that he on a kayaking trip with him and he couldn't save her. And there's this really like proper intense moment between the two parents where they kind of forgive one another for the way they behaved and it he really sells that like there are real tears i thought that was a really interesting moment actually because most of these movies and even in this one i was like i bet it's because he works too hard it's always almost always like the woman divorced him because he's too devoted to his work which is saving people and you're always like why are you so pissed off at him for saving people Mm. and then she when he saves them they're all like oh it's so sexy when you do that come back to me and this movie didn't do that at all no like the reason that they broke up is a very very kind of understandable reason Mm. and it's all about his being emotionally stunted i guess Mm. And then when he becomes emotional, which is, and vulnerable, which is like, you know, a trait that they wouldn't normally encourage in a movie like this, that's when he gets his, like, he can then be accepted back into the family and gets his, like, hero moment. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of impressive. Yeah. It doesn't, well, like, it's very predictable and typical, but it doesn't kind of fall into cliches in that sense. It does fall into some other cliches, but it doesn't fall into as many gendered cliches. No, I think is more interesting. Like there's a um, the relationship between the two brothers is quite you know affectionate and that sort of thing. And then the yeah, the Rock has to be vulnerable and emotional for him to continue in, on his journey. And mm. you know it it doesn't. And the women are quite uh, capable, and they don't just sit around screaming all the time and don't have to be constantly saved. No, they're both good strategic thinkers. Like they they might not be able to. Um, they don't have like the muscle of the rock and they can't fly the helicopter necessarily, but they both, what you're talking about before with the wife, you know, she directs him where to go and the daughter is really good at finding the safest place to be and also knowing sort of survival skills. Yeah. And she saves the uh, boy, the guys a few times and stuff mm. too. So like the, and the, and Carla Gugino, of course, saves everybody by driving into the building. Mm. So like they both get their heroic moments as well. Yeah, yeah. They don't just get saved a lot. So yeah. Yeah, I think that I is mean, good. On on the level of this what this movie is, <laughs> yeah. It's like exactly what this movie should be. Yes. There's no point at which you're like, "Oh yeah, this is totally wrong for this type of movie." But they still manage not to fall into all of the like terrible um is it Emmerich? Roland, Roland Emmerich, Emmerich yes, kind of disaster movies. Disaster movie tropes. No. They're not quite there. It's a little bit. It's a little bit like more restrained than that. And and the restraint kind of works well in the um in the action scenes as well. When all the when they're showing all of the destruction, most of it isn't a like 
dun dun look at this amazing thing happen dun dun look at this other amazing thing happen it's like oh this one's happening and then this one's happening like the biggest quake the 9.6 quake just feels like yet yet another one of their yeah. things to overcome it's not like a this is the big one coming guys it's coming let get ready for it kind of an idea yeah you're right i noticed that i was like that was a bit anticlimactic but that's just i guess I how it happened find, i didn't find it personally anticlimactic i think it was more just even the first quake is not like you don't know that it's coming mm. which is quite good because it it's the people aren't going to know that it's coming they're not going to have this big crescendo of music that's building up to something happening you yep. know it's it's that kind of also it, it looks really good yeah all of the stuff looks totally oh. real yeah that big hoover dam one my god that's terrifying that first that first quake <laughs> oh the one where william lee died <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yes. But I did. He he's quite a good actor. He was in. He's in. Um. Hawaii Five O. I like him. Yes. Although you know they did have to kill the Asian guy yeah, right off the bat. The well. Guy. Anyway, but he did save a little girl. Colin while he was Haynes doing it. didn't die. No. Then we again, were, he wasn't in the rest of the movie. Yeah. He so. was. He was only in that first bit with in the helicopter, and then we never ever see him again. And that other black dude didn't die because again we never we see had him never again. saw him again. Would it yeah. be good to see them do some rescuing? Well, that's. I think that's what was missing. I think that we had them and had this fabulous opening scene with those guys in there from the chopper, and then we, we don't see them again. All we see is what the rock is doing and what um, uh, the Caltech professor and Aji Punjabi are doing. And that he, was quite good stuff too, actually. Mm. Um, Paul Giamatti kind of brings it a little bit. Yeah, like he has these really, really. He he feels like a professor. That's a, it's a good Paul Giamatti role. He's just right for that. That sort of everyman-ish, but also you know professory. But there's a, there's this great moment as well when he comes into the media lab and he's like, "Who wants to you know help us hack into the news feeds?" And mm. this kid's like, "I do, dude." I think he goes. Uh, he says, and Paul Giamatti's like, "Sweet, bro, <laughs> grab your laptop." <laughs> I loved that moment. That bit was all really good too. But I think it probably there would probably needed to be a C plot, which was the helicopter crew back in LA. Instead of the Owen Griffith thing. Yeah, I mean well, I mean we had to show him being killed off somewhere I guess, but. Yeah, but he could have been killed off earlier and then we yeah. could have had some but rescuing. I feel like yeah, the, it needed a C plot just to tie it up like his mates back at the LA Fire and Rescue rescuing people and doing their job. Or maybe they would have to fly into San Francisco and as yeah. well and then watch them actually saving people around the city while like to tie it in properly. Yeah, it would have just some something like that I think probably would have rounded the story out a bit i mean it, it's fine as it is and obviously it's not great cinema or anything it's well sorry it is great cinema but it's not high art <laughs> i just remembered the second base joke yeah <laughs> one joke the rock gets one joke in this movie and he nails it <laughs> whole cinema cracked up it was true actually most of them groaned at the same time it was terrific it was yeah perfectly done absolutely perfect that's exactly the kind of joke that you want and also the, the movie. And can you imagine of, if Colton Haynes had been given some bad jokes like that? He would have nailed them. You know he would have. Yeah, it would have been and it would have been he would have been perfect for it because literally um Archie Punjabi writes down in her notebook, cute but not bright, as like their descriptor. So it would have been great to see him and the black dude like in their helicopter saving yeah. people and, and him making like dumb jokes. It would have been terrific. It yes. would have been fun. And, and there would have also been like a, a comedy relief kind of thing that would have kind of lightened some of the stuff, I guess. Yeah, and there would have been also had to have been a scene where we're like, hey, Ray's taking a helicopter offline. What are we going to do kind of thing? Yeah. Anyway. And what would Ray do? They could do a yeah. what would Ray do thing. Exactly. Have a big what would it Ray would have been scene. really cool and it would have given Colton Haynes, would have got a bit more value out of the stunt training. You know what would have been good? Scene where they save Yoan Griffith. Because then we could have tied oh. in the Owen Griffith stuff with them. They come in and save him. And then at the end of the movie, he's in the same place as the other dudes. And, and Carlo Gugino comes up to him and he's like, it's like, 
you know, slaps him around a bit. <laughs> like, you left my daughter. Uh, we're broken up. And then goes off with the rock. That would have been and a then satisfying all of that, ending yeah. also. And then you, you tie in everything. Mm, I do wonder if maybe they cut a C-plot. I, maybe? It does. It's, it, mm. Given the amount of time Colton Haynes is devoted to talking about this movie and, like, it, I, you, there might have been. Yeah. I don't know. In, in any case, they, they would have. There would have been a whole heap of training involved in just having those two guys on the chopper at the beginning, like all that. They would have had to do a whole lot of green screen stuff and a whole lot yeah, of it does, it makes stunt me wonder. training. And maybe that maybe there was something that was cut out. It's a bit, yeah, it does feel a bit awkward. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about with this movie as well. And I is, is, it what the, it was. is it the boys' parents? Because I don't think they're on a cruise. <laughs> Where do you think they I'm are? I'm pretty sure they're dead. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I thought that was weird. He's taking his little brother to a to an interview, but because his parents are on a cruise, like, mm. and they were going to go on a holiday together in the city. Well, they're yeah, they're in San Francisco. I guess their parents are coming back to San Francisco on their cruise ship, and yeah, I, that, that kind of seemed, got dangled and dropped as well. See, yeah, it seemed weird. We never find out what it was, so we just have to assume that the parents are alive. Like, he go you. We see him start to make a phone call as well, so I don't know. It did a really good job of letting the audience know what was going on as well with the science stuff. Oh, like, yeah, to yeah. To a point where it wasn't – they didn't dumb it down so much that it sounded stupid, mm. but they also didn't make it so sciencey that nobody could understand it. Well, yes, that was that, that was good. And then also Archie Punjabi's character didn't have to do too much exposition. She can't. It's obvious that she understands what's going on, but she just wants to clarify it because she's yeah. a journalist and she needs to explain to people. Yeah, it doesn't those, – those scenes don't ring dumb. No. Like they might in a Roland Emmerich movie. Mm, yes. You know, where they say the, the, the some of the lines that come out of people in the <laughs> Roland Emmerich movies and you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that. No, it? they weren't. And, and their dialogue, and this for is, the most part, wasn't too bad. By the way, this is coming from somebody who genuinely loves The Day After Tomorrow. Like, I've seen that movie about 20 times. I love that movie. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I love that movie. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Well... Like, I just enjoy it. And it's not good. It's terrible. And I enjoy it so much I can watch it. Like, if it's on TV, I will just sit and watch it. But it is, like, so much more ridiculous. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And um, so much more emphasis on things like when you see the, you know, th- there's, there is the moment when the Golden Gate Bridge collapses, but it's not like a big built-up, oh, my God, the Golden Gate Bridge is going to collapse moment. Well, it's, like, part of the tidal wave that happens that then... It isn't the, the camera doesn't linger over that happening for ten minutes from ten different it's angles. Not, yeah, that sort of disaster porn kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's what this movie avoids: disaster porn. In that same scene where Yon Griffith's character is is killed, it's just and not just him as well. We see some other characters die like really suddenly, like you would in a disaster, like someone is swept away or falls off a building. It's just it just happens. Oh, there's a really terrific moment that reminded me of Star Trek actually. When Kyle Gugino is in the first building she's mm, in, and mm, she opens in LA, that, yeah. she she Kylie Minogue runs out a door to go some upstairs, and then um, she's supposed to go the other way. So Kyle Gugino goes after her, opens the door, and the floor has just fallen away. That whole area is mm. gone, and people like there's a guy who's holding on to something, and he falls, and mm. like it's really someone's it falls, falls past cool. her. It was really well done, yeah. And um, then she goes running back in. That whole section was really cool. Again, it's not ever sensationalized mm. to the point where it's like that kind of really over the top thing. Mm. It's just like more destruction that they have to get through. Yeah, and mm. it all sort Fun. of works. Yeah, like, um, I, there's something else I can't remember. Oh, is it? Is it? Uh, how did the daughter of an Italian American mother and African American slash Hawaiian dad end up with blue eyes? That was uh, <laughs> both of her parents have brown eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there's. I guess it's possible if there's some kind of 
genetics back there, but she does not really look like them. And at the end, it does make when, you wonder what who her real father is. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, um, but at the end, when the Rock is is doing CPR as well, she looks so pale next to both of them. Like it just she is paled weird. up there. Like yeah, specifically she's because she's, she's dead. dead. She, the rest of the time, she looks a little bit more little tan, more like <laughs> but them. Still, she doesn't. And like she has an Italian surname, and obviously Carla Gugino has an Italian exactly. surname. So she could easily be Carla Gugino's daughter. I'm just saying, yeah. the Rock's not her dad. But like, we don't see any of the the Rock's ethnic mix in there. No. So I, yeah, that was a bit of whitewashing. She's a bit really. white there to um, be their kid, and the um, no. the, oh. the photoshopped other kid as well looks very white as well. <laughs> the, the photoshopping was terrible. <laughs> They did this really – it was funny because I, I had just commented on how great the room was. Like, it, it was such a good teenage girl room. She's stuck all these, like, photos on the wall in a heart shape. Mm. And you can just imagine a teenage girl sitting there, like, getting all of her photos and printing them out and putting them in the heart shape yeah, on her yeah, wall. Like, yeah. it just seems so much like a room that this girl would have. And the little her little box of treasures and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It, um, no, I just remembered. It, it Also, the movie avoids that kind of – a like super nationalistic kind of idea till the last two mm. seconds when it ki- it just kind of left a sour note. In- oh yeah, there's this giant American flag hanging off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and this is why I was talking about the American exceptionalism thing at the start because it doesn't do it overtly, but it's it's entwined in all the values of the story about individualism but they also have and so heroes. So many and- other people who aren't American doing good things like the yeah. British and Australian brothers um, yeah. and there's a Russian guy that's like so they kind yeah. of don't and they, they, they try to make it so that they're not all American yeah so why do they have that moment at the end well I and, and, and it's got quite a good ethnic mix as well. Oh, well that's what I'm thinking though I think it's like a very modern America like the rock I, I, I think I talked about this when we did Hercules the rock is like what modern America is he's part black he's part islander he's like an interesting ethnic mix and then like people like archie punjabi's character and there's a character like kim park i think is the guy who's who dies right at the beginning like so he'd be korean i guess i think it's there's something about the rock as a representative of modern america like so i think the ethnic mix is kind of deliberate this is america kind of thing yeah and but at the same time they save aren't just white like no there's an ethnic and gender mix in the people although mostly guys died that's a, a odd. Like you yeah. mostly see men dying. Yeah, well, you don't I mean, see a lot of women dying. No, is... and you see with the Rock rescuing women. I mean, guess maybe Rock the Rock knows who his fan base is. I don't know. Although he rescues some men as well. Yeah, um, when he's running around. The, the, I mean, the woman, well, like the old white couple. Yeah, the, the older couple and stuff like that. The, there's a black lady who gets um, hurt and he has to carry her. Mm. But that's the. I mean. When he's running around just t- grabbing people, he saves some men as well. Yeah, so. uh, but it's a it is a it's a really realistic reflection. And of there's America, a great though. moment as well when like uh, the what, there's the tsunami coming through, mm. and there's a reaction shot of, shot of a cop, mm. and the cop is a woman. Yeah, and like nine times out of ten, when they did that, it would have just been a reaction shot of a male cop. Mm-hmm. So like those kinds of things. They, yeah. it's like they put the effort into doing that. But yeah, and why were all the people who died dudes? It would have been cool if some. Like, if, if you're doing the equal mix, it's fine to oh, have... Think, no, but I think they're kind of trying to counteract the damsel in distress slash fridging thing. Yeah, but I, I don't think... See, I, I actually... I don't like the kind of idea of this disposability. Mm. Like, you know, if... We don't actually see Kylie Minogue die, but we know she has. So we could have easily seen her falling from the building. Mm, instead of um, the two men who we do see. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that would have been... That's perfectly fine if you've got the mix of people there. 
to show the women dying as well as the men in a disaster movie. Mm. Like if you're doing a, um, I was talking about this counter programming. If you're doing a, a gang movie as well, if you have women in the gangs, then it's fine to see show the women dying in the gangs. Unless like you Mad only Max have Fury one road, yeah, where they have a whole gang of women, so yeah. then they can die because there's a whole bunch of them. Right. If you only have one woman then and she dies mm. and then it it does become a problem because you the representation isn't there. Yeah. But if you're doing a movie like this and you've got the representation in the background characters and you've got like a mix of people, then it is acceptable to watch women fall off buildings as well or right. like have things fall on them as well as men. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. But I think that it is something that they do a good job with and I think it's probably down to the rock. I think um like being himself a man of color, I think he he seems to make an effort in that. We noticed this in Hercules as well, mm. and in um, and obviously in um, other stuff he's done, like the Fur- Fast and Furious movies. There's quite a, a diverse racial mix of people. Yeah, I mean, he came into that late, but yeah. Yes, and I know it was already a pretty diverse franchise, but still, he tends to he tends to be good with that kind of thing. Like, mm. and yeah, and then so it does kind of leave a weird taste at the end when this American flag comes down and. Being in Australian cinema, everyone just like groaned and laughed, kind of yeah. like that is such a bad joke, whatever. But that's because like we've got a bit of a cultural history here where we can just groan and at, oh god, Americans are so silly, kind of stuff. But I but just don't patriotism think on that, that level in general. Yeah, and I don't think that would play well if um. So well, I know for example <laughs> from his Instagram that The Rock's just been in China promoting this movie. I don't know that that's going to play so well on a Chinese in a Chinese cinema or in Korea or in India or some other place like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, it happens, but that's this kind of thing that I would expect to see in the Roland Emmerich type movies. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like, in your face, mm. but I would expect to see it all the way through. Like, I know Day After Tomorrow has almost exactly that moment. Well, he does um, have a, he does have an American flag on his truck. Did you notice that at the beginning? He's, yeah, but that's... But it's very small and subtle. That's normal. Um, that's not, like, in your face, huge swelling music mm. as the American flag comes down. We will rebuild kind of idea. Yeah. And it, it there's it's so tacked on as well like it doesn't feel uh, like natural for this movie mm. it it felt like it would be more about his family rather than the country all of a sudden like it's yeah because well because they what they're echoing there is 9-11 obviously and and that like that really did happen people flew american flags and i was thinking all that more like stuff. um but, like um the new orleans uh, katrina katrina yeah and like actual natural disasters that have mm. been happening and the push to have better relief yeah, and that, I think that's why it that's why it jars a bit because they make it more of a like like it's something like nine eleven rather than yeah. something like Katrina, which was a very different thing. And at the end, there's like this just just in yeah, passing, it's not like they you were hear attacked that, by anybody. No, but in passing, you things like that the UN have been brought in and stuff like that. And I think that is kind of that is more realistic. The yeah. whole other countries will have to come and help America out because this is so bad, kind of thing. You know what? It would have been nice if they had gone. Well, we were really lucky to survive, and we're all relatively okay. So let's go and help other people. And that would have been more in the spirit of the movie and it would have been more in the spirit of like what they were trying to do with it. Without yeah. and, and it would also have been more patriotic without it being in your face. And I also think The Rock, I, that, that was another bit that kind of jarred as well, is that at the end all we see is the family together, right? Mm. The, the family and the two boys and they're all together. But I think like if The Rock had his way, you'd see him probably – flying off in his helicopter and getting back on the radio to help other people. Yeah, like that you can imagine been, that. But even just a... them walking out to, like, go round to the people who were there, mm. like, because it's the, you know, rescue camp, to go round to all those people and offer help 
and the sisters, yeah. like, would have been in keeping with all of the characters. I mean, there's a moment where Carla Gugino goes, give, like, give the girl to me when he, mm. when The Rock saves her. Yeah. Um, it would have been really kind of, even Kim Park gets a really, really super heroic death. Yeah. Like, it would have been much more in keeping with the theme of the movie that is, like, very much, we have to help other people. Yeah, we can't just help our own. And I think there's something, I, I feel like there's probably something missing, and it might have been if we'd had that C-plot in there and been able to, like they seem to have edited all this stuff out that probably would have actually could have been in there and would have worked quite well. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like that was so uh, – yeah, there were other better ways to end it. Yes, yeah, I agree. But it ended with also a fantastic cover of California Dreaming um, uh, over the credits. Co- yeah, over that's the credits. by somebody. Um, I could tell it was by somebody. Based on the vocal riffs, I was like, this is definitely a famous woman. Yeah, it's someone famous. I saw it. On- but it still – it was a good cover. It sounded yeah. great. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say like, um, what's her name? The girl who did the cover at the at the end of Maleficent, Lana Del Rey. Yeah, that's who I thought it might. Yeah, be, I think it I might be her. No, uh, Sia. Oh, Sia. There so you yeah, go. my kryptonite a lot of the time in these movies is like cute sibling relationships. It is. <laughs> it is a lot of these movies that do that. Yeah, will often get me on that. <laughs> and cute like father child relationships and stuff like that often it are my kryptonite for these sorts of things. Well, I think the thing is, this is the kind of movie Hollywood could just churn out any old time. But the the, the difference between movies like this that, that fail and movies like this that succeed is are those emotional beats, the, yeah. the family relationships, the I've got to save my daughter, I've got to save you know, my brother kind of thing. Yeah, so and, that's, and you really, that's what gets it. you want her to be saved. Yeah. Because she's working so hard to save herself. But it makes a big difference. Like in a lot of the yeah. movies, you're like, why are we even rooting for this girl? She All she does is scream. Yeah, whereas she deserves to be saved because she saved these other two boys and she's helped all these people. And, and she saved herself a yeah. lot of times. And she's, so, you know, you like her. Yeah. But that and does, there's a, like emotional justice to that that she does. That does tend to be my, be my thing <laughs> is that I will often just like, you know, you're like, this movie is so terrible, but they're so cute. Mm. <laughs> I know. We're so worried about each other. Yeah. I mean. So bad. It is. It's I'm silly. so easily emotionally manipulated by certain things. Yeah, <laughs> like all the romantic stuff doesn't tend to work. Although, actually, I thought the romantic plot did, worked okay in this one. Well, I think it's an interesting romantic plot because it's not a lot of the time the romantic plot is will they or won't they or will they like when they're getting together. Whereas the romantic plot here is people who've had like a long and hard history together. I was talking about um oh the, the daughter and the yeah <laughs> not the parents. The parents is like but they did that in 2012 with John Cusack and and mm. um his wife in that that was the whole story. Oh yeah. You know, and but 2012 is one where you're like but why would you want to get back with John Cusack? He's a jerk. Well, yeah. So where this one you're like they they genuinely just had some problems, like yeah. some gen like really understandable problems that they couldn't work through. This and is, this is shows how old I am in that I relate more to the parents than the kids in this one. But oh, I did too. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, of course. But they the kiss when they finally do kiss her and and Ben finally kiss. It actually feels earned. But it's also when she's helping him. Yep. And well, and that- he doesn't. He also doesn't say you're so beautiful. No, which is definitely what I thought he was going to say. He says you're unbelievable. Like. You yeah, know, he's really astonished by how cool she is. Well, yeah, there's a good message in there about how he was so excited that it was a wonderful reversal of the damsel in distress thing. Like he needed saving and he needed help from her, and he was grateful, and therefore yeah. she got the boy. Yeah, and I thought that was a nice, yeah, she gets really nice take on it. Although he seems to, well, the the thing is, even when they first meet, they seem to like each other. Mm. Like it's not like a, he has a crush on her, but she's not reciprocating things. She gives him her number. She's yeah, she, as aggressive, like. 
pursuing you know, him. Th- th- pursuing him as well. It's not like a... No, it doesn't It does. Feel like... It feels much more even. Yeah. Even though he saves her right after they meet, then she saves them. There's no sort of, he's a good guy, therefore he deserves to be with the girl kind of crap. Yeah. It's, they like each other and wouldn't it be nice if in the midst of all this, these two kids could get together. That's more of what it is. Yeah, it was cute. I like yeah. it. Anyway. Rating? We've been talking for much longer than I thought. Yeah, but it only got good about minute 30 or something, minute 25. So um, I think it's a three-star movie. That's what I was going to give it, three stars. I mean, it's not going to, you know, it's not brilliant or anything, but yeah. for what it is, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Exactly what it says in the box. If you are into the rock saving people and being awesome, and why wouldn't you be, it's totally worth your time and money. He's quite a generous star too in that he doesn't like hog the screen time or mm. hog the movie. He lets the other people around him get their moments too. Mm. Yeah, he yes, he is like that. And this is why I thought Colton Haynes was in it more because they're doing this sweet bro thing while they're on Twitter and Instagram with each other. Yeah, I do. I, he seems I, like I'd a really good guy. If, I'd be interesting to, interested to see if they cut a whole bunch of stuff with those mm. two guys. I feel like that might have happened. Yeah, but he certainly seems really generous in terms of like – sharing the credit around as well. Like he's always he's talking about how good all the cast are and he puts a special mention into the stunt team and like we we often talk about this, but the stunt teams do some amazing work and he's kind of reliant on them and he understands that. A bit like Jason Statham who's done a lot of work recently trying to get um like he he they want stunts to become an Oscar category, which it really should. And but they've they these some of these big action stars kind of really making the effort to acknowledge all the work that goes into making these movies, particularly by stunt guys and girls who put their lives on the line to make mm. things look amazing. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's kind of a generous performer and, like, a generous person. He's Part of the reason I think I like The Rock so much is I feel like he deserves all his stardom yeah. and success. You really feel like he's a good and guy. And he was so excited when he broke that selfie record. <laughs> um, yeah, he's so adorable. Um, I was just thinking about the stunts. How would they do that for the Oscars? Would it be like best stunt team or best well, stunt supervisor I mean, or it'd probably best be stunt like person? Probably would be like say in the hair and makeup categories, you get the stunt supervisor or the stunt coordinator. Would probably be the person who is up for it, but there could be you could have like a stunt you could have a stunt coordinator category, you could have like a stunt performer category. So but the, there could the be stunt specific performer stunts. one would be really hard to do because the it, it's well, but, voted on by the people who are watching the movie. No, it's voted on by the watching... stunt branch. So what would you'd have to do is much like it's sound or, or um, editing or those ones or, or makeup or costume. There's a, there's a branch of people. So the costume award gets voted on by the costume branch. So the stunt oh, award is just by everybody. No, only the only ones that are by everybody are is best picture. So even best director is voted on by the directing branch, which is why you sometimes get the changes between what the directing branch votes for and what everyone votes for. So that's why that happens. So it would be the stunt branch voting. But the directing branch is often so much better. Well, sometimes. Um, ben Affleck not getting a nomination for yeah, Argo. And um, Ava DuVernay not getting a nomination yeah. for but Selma. But I, I was thinking of the times when, like, when it's the best director that gets the nom- the, yeah, the award like Ang but Lee. not best picture. Yeah. I felt like, I've always felt like it was the director who deserved the best, or the ones that I can think of are Ang Lee and... Um, and Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I know 12 Years a Slave had to win that year, but I still feel like Gravity was a better yeah, movie. Yeah, so that's why sometimes that happens. But what would happen would be that, yeah, the stunt so stunt performers would be members of the Academy and they would vote for their peers. So it might you might have a stunt coordinator, you might have, like, performers. You might They might split it into male and female performers the way they do with the acting categories. So, yeah, that would be how it would go. Yeah. 
I feel like maybe the best stunt team would be the best. Yeah. When I like, feel like that's probably the way to do it. Because, I mean, if one stunt's good, then mm. it's probably a fairly good bet that all of the stunts are good. Yeah. And not, and like, you don't always, it's not always a one to one doubling as well. Like, there's, everybody knows Jacob Tamuri doubled for um, Tom Hardy in Mad Max Fury Road, but he wasn't the only person who was doing Tom Hardy yeah, stunts. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, there's pictures of them everywhere. Adorable pictures of Tom Hardy and Jacob Tamuri like hanging out and being bros. They are fabulous. Um, but yeah, it, I think it is it is a team thing with stunts. So I think perhaps you'd award the best team or the best coordinator or well, whatever. It'd probably be the coordinator and team. Yeah, mm, I don't know. And they often have like changes in stunt doubles as well, depending on what they have to do. And which is like what that. happened on on Fury Road. There was a different guy. So have you seen the story? This is adorable story about how these two. I think actually might, he might be a South African, she's a New Zealander, met on set and got married and have a baby now. But, and they were Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy's stunt doubles. Aww, and nice. yeah, so, but, the, but it's not Jacob Tamori, it's the original stunt double. So they changed who it was for different, for whatever reason, yeah. for different different bits of work that needed doing. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you for enlightening me on those issues. <laughs> Sorry. I know um, a little bit about stunts, but basically everything I know about stunts comes from watching Zoe Lord Bell. of the Rings stuff and Zoe Bell. <laughs> Yeah. Because um, Zoe Bell is my favourite. Yes. And if we go back a few episodes, I've got some show notes on her and some of her stunts because we talked about her before. I can't remember. Um, for the, um, the ship's mast yeah, um, stunt, stunt yep. because that happened in Fast and the Furious. That's and I was it. like, that's an entire plot point in a Zoe Bell movie. Mm. And they just casually think that this computer nerd's going to be able to yeah. do it. So it's some. Anyway, all right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com, and we also share them around on our social media. Twitter is at screen underscore queens. Uh, our Facebook page, just search for Silver Screen Queens and you should find us. And you can also find us on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's reviews of, what was this movie? San Andreas. San Andreas. <laughs> And every That's other so accurate though, because even when we were sitting over out in the lounge room before, when we'd finished watching the movie, I was like, "What happened in the movie we watched today?" I I'm finding it easier to remember than Tomorrowland, which I saw on Monday. So you know, I didn't see that. Um, yes, and and perhaps we'll have to review that one, but I'll I might need to brush up. Um, yes. Anyway, so if you want to read Katie's review of San Andreas and of all the other movies she watches, you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.